Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Whole wide world. Mick Jack, Rolling Stones, new album, 80 years old, still cranking out, uh, cranking out hits, quality music, unlike Britney Spears. <laughs> Such a great song. They're very good. I like this. I haven't heard this one. Do you like Angry, though, or am I, am I alone on that one? No, I like Angry. Okay. I, I'm telling you, this album is their best album since Some Girls. Okay, 1978, really? yes. All right. Got a good vibe to it. 855-839-1210. Kale and Company here on this Tuesday morning. You can get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Morning mystery movie clip coming up in about 17 minutes. Another four-pack of tickets to the battleship New Jersey in Camden. Part due of the cut sheet. What's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won Twitter today? But coming up 9 o'clock this morning, uh, House Republicans will once again gather. And uh, we will see what transpires. Some people talking about a behind-closed-doors uh, vote, a secret vote, so to speak. And then later in the afternoon having the formal uh, vote out on the floor, nine candidates. Uh, my number two has emerged as uh, a possibility, and that is Byron Donalds of Florida, the 44-year-old. Uh, as you recall, it was for me, it was Jim Jordan 1, Byron Donalds 2. Uh, so I will gladly take Byron Donalds, but I do, I, I do not believe that it is remotely close to a Certainty, a formality, or a lock by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in fact, Donald Trump has said only one individual can get the votes needed to become Republican House Speaker, and that individual is Jesus. That is correct. Donald Trump says Republicans <laughs> need an act of God to find a candidate for House Speaker who could reach the 217 votes needed to take the gavel. The former president has yet to put a stamp of approval on any of the current nine candidates, although he has mentioned that frontrunner Representative Tom Emmer called him over the weekend. Trump saying uh, yesterday when he was in New Hampshire, quote, I think, and he's referring to Mr. Emmer, I think he's my biggest fan now because he called me yesterday. He told me, I'm your biggest fan, Trump said, adding that he had talked to a number of House Speaker candidates. And you know what? The fact that Trump hasn't put the MAGA stamp of approval, so to speak, on a specific speaker this time around might be a good thing because he put it on Jim Jordan. And I think Jim Jordan kind of already had that stamp of approval uh, and it didn't work out well for Jim Jordan. So I don't know if he would put it on Tom Emmer, if he would put it on Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds has been very vocal in his support of Donald Trump in the past, uh, and which is interesting because Byron Donalds is from Florida, the state that Ron DeSantis governs, and he made it very clear that he was rooting, pulling for, and advocating for Donald Trump to win the GOP primary and the nominee. So we'll see how that plays out today. Um, my gut feeling is we get nothing accomplished today as far as an actual vote and, and a person emerging. I, I think, honestly, and now we're, I think, 20 days in, if my math is correct on the calendar, without a speaker since Kevin McCarthy's ouster. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping by the end of the week 
this is finalized. I, I, I don't know if a vote will happen on you know, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of Dawn's show or Dom's show or this will finally break and come to uh, its closure during Zioli's show. But um, I think you're going to see more of the same today. I think you're going to see more theatrics. You're going to see some people coming out. You know, Marjorie Taylor Green will be the first to, when she's in her uh, vehicle transportation to or from to go live on Instagram and say this, that, or the other thing. Um, but it's not just us. It's not just people that vote for these people or talk about it for a living that are getting, you know, flustered with this. According to a new USA Today Suffolk University poll, 67% of Americans believe the House should elect the speaker as soon as possible, compared to 25% who don't care if a new speaker is chosen. And the vast majority of Republicans agree, an overwhelming 57% of Republican voters want the speaker drama to be over, compared to 34% who are willing to put up with a longer delay in the House choosing its new leader. Where where are you at? I mean, is this I mean, I know we talk about this when we talk about, you know, the government, you know, shutting down. Oh, life will go on. The government will be just fine. But this is, I think, a larger issue here, which is why I do believe. Now, look, you know, the Senate could easily flip red and the House could easily flip blue. And I think that is a distinct possibility. I would actually argue that there's a better chance that the House flips blue then the Senate flips red. But that's where people are thinking. That's what people think are trending to be in those directions. But you're looking at the the larger issue. And that's why Trump is saying only Jesus could. Even Trump knows what an unmitigated disaster this is. And when you go through the battle that it took to take back control by such a small margin, and then McCarthy goes 15 rounds, then we have Steve Scalise who quickly realizes it's not meant to be. Jim Jordan goes three rounds, but it goes way against him each time from 20 Republicans to 22 to 25 saying no thanks. And now here we are three weeks in tomorrow. I mean, there's a possibility we could go a month without a speaker, which just goes to really highlight the fact that this is a party, as Dawn has said, that needs to get it together. But, you know, we can say that until the cows come home. Dawn can say it until she's blue in the face. I don't really see a single guy of these nine candidates that are thrown into the mix here that are going to unite, rally, and galvanize the Republican Party. We always talk about how the Democrats, at the end of the day, even if it's in the 23rd hour, they rally behind one individual. We could end up with a speaker that is selected and voted for in the next three days, and there will still be that divide. There's going to be some concessions, but you know deep down there's going to be people that don't approve of whoever ultimately rises up from the bottom here. I mean, they're they're meeting right now. They just started speaking within the last you know few minutes, and I think that they have said that they want to they want to unofficially behind closed doors right pick somebody today mm-hmm. and then have the official vote. So I think I believe that we're going to get a speaker this week. I do. I think it's going to happen this <laughs> week, and I think they realize. That they're starting to look like. But are, a you, are you stock. okay with the closed door setting behind? Yes, because yes. Nancy Mace has come out publicly on social yeah. media and said that that's cowardly. Put your name to it, own it. You're going to have to vote for it anyway when you get out on the floor officially. So, what is the point of the secret behind the closed door meetings? Because you know they have. Well, I'll tell you why, Nancy. First of all, don't talk about your relations with your fiance at a prayer breakfast. Not just not appropriate. She not had, good she timing. Had, she had to get to Tim's. 
the Tim mm. speech. I know, right? She had no, she had no time for the, the soon-to-be husband. And, um, <laughs> and you know, they have that razor edge majority. They have a five-seat edge in the U.S. House, and so they could lose it. it. These are some tough, these are highly contested areas. Now, I will tell you, I know in North Carolina, the Republican-controlled legislature is working on some redistrict, redistricting, but so that could strengthen Republicans. However, there are Democrats uh, trying to pick up seats in with, and this has to do with the redistricting that we in Pennsylvania have dealt with. But that's New York, Louisiana, Georgia. So they're redistricting may be the story here moving forward. It may not because of this Michigas that they're going through. But I would just say to Nancy Mace, no, because when people go up for reelection and in the heat of the debate, they say something publicly and then it's used in a public ad. And why? Why? Why do we have to hear all of your nonsense? Why do we have to hear your process? The country is going through. You know what? I know they don't feel it. You know why? Because they make nearly 200 G's a year, 179. They have incredible benefits, better benefits than any of us. Right as far as medical benefits and then their opportunities and 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 just their investments their that's the beginning mm-hmm. basically 200k is their baseline so they're not feeling the pinch like the rest of us of in this country not. quite frankly no. they and should the, feel our pain and all the bribes they take and all the yeah. uh, gold and all bars the fun, yeah, and all the funding they get there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that 200k that's just on the books yeah, exactly the gold bar the gold bar in your pants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just, hey, Ms. <laughs> hey, Senator Bob, is that a gold bar in your pocket? By, by the way, he, you know, we have, we haven't really talked about it, but yeah. he, he's fighting this until the very end. Uh-huh. He is. He's like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, it's odd too to me about this, and not to get sidetracked, but it's odd to me with the Bob Menendez thing. All the Democrats are calling him on him to resign, but not the Republicans. What do you think is the reasoning for that? Well, that's a good point. That is a good point. I, mean, I haven't heard Fed, one Republican Fed, come out. Fed, and, Fetterman's been one of the most yes. vocal people against Menendez. All of the more liberal Democrats yes. are calling on him to resign. And I haven't heard a peep from any single Republican. Because I think <clears throat> so. So the reason the Democrats can is because Murphy is a Democrat who's the governor. And it's all Democrats controlling in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, how would it go? Would Murphy appoint? Because here in Pennsylvania, remember that we had the discussion that Governor Josh Shapiro, if Fetterman had won, which he did, and then he resigned at some point, Shapiro that then would appoint somebody. Yeah, I think it's the same as I recall in Jersey. So let's just say Chris Christie were still governor. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then it would not be the same scenario because I think we've seen that before. Yep. But but to your point, I think so. I think the Republicans, why yeah, why don't they call it out? Because I think that they just like to sit back, get the popcorn, and watch Democrats have a hot mess and corruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the other hand, Menendez has been in there a long time, mm-hmm. and so I think basically he's saying I'm going to fight this. But also, if I do a little negotiation, I know all of y'all's little dirty dirt, <laughs> and I'm going to turn. You know, I'm going to become a rat. On all of you, you know, it's, maybe that's part, a piece of this. You know, it's so know. frustrating with this too. With when you think about just the Republicans and they can't get it together. You, I've talked about how I think this is the weakest group of Democrats I've ever seen in my lifetime. If yeah. you can't beat them, when are you ever going to beat them? And you just think about it from Bob Menendez to John Fetterman. 
uh, on up through the ranks. And then we just talked about the disarray with squad Dems. We yeah. played that for you in the cut sheet this morning. Where, just crazy. Yeah, Torres and uh, yeah. Ilan Omar. I mean, you know, say what you want about, um, you know, the progressive caucus wing. You know, you've got at least Torres says that, hey, you know, Israel's not the bad. And Omar wants to rip his head off for that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's like they're they're burning down the, the civilization. And we can't figure out who we want to speak for us. I'm really getting tired of these Democrats and disarray and we fall into that trap too everybody here on the station falls into that trap here too the democrats and disarray oh they've never been more in dis- like they are when it when it really comes down to it this party will unite and there's nothing that has dem- that has demonstrated over the last 4 years yeah. that yep. their disarray as as the media and pundits and talk radio hosts like to say has affected them in the least because they've won everything they've tried for in the last four years so this whole thing with the democrats are in disarray well they didn't win at, the house back at the end of fall. the yeah but you know what i mean oh yes no they will rally but right now current i mean and it starts at the top a majority of democrats know that joe biden is not fit to serve the job and it's the trickle-down effect it's joe's a mess then you've got the faction of squad dems division within the squad dems then you've got scandals galore uh, our virginia democrat uh, candidate remember the sex tape that we talked about she's also been linked to election fraud as well i mean like they are a hot mess but to your point when i mean and it goes up to the last minute they eventually you know get behind whatever the message is whatever the cause is whatever the politician or whoever the person might be yes but like but a lot of it too there's no stability with them right now a lot of it too to the people like us and the pundits and stuff who 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 live and breathe this stuff every day the majority of people don't so yeah to us yes it looks like a hot mess but to people who are kind of paying attention on the periphery mm-hmm. it doesn't you yeah. know what i mean yeah yes you know the economy could be affecting them but like if in most people's mind if they had a choice you know with that or or re-electing trump mm-hmm. i mean democrats th- they're gonna they're gonna choose the other yeah it's funny you bring that up and i'll just put a bow on this conversation with this last piece of the poll uh the same poll found the house's overall favorability rating in the toilet in all 54 percent of voters have an unfavorable opinion of the house compared with just 25% of Americans who have a favorable opinion. I wanted to go through this list of the uh, of the uh, potential House speakers, and should we give them our uh, votes on if we think oh, yeah, they're going to get it or not? I can already tell you what mine would be, but go ahead. Uh, Representative Tom Emmer. Uh, he's the presumptive frontrunner. He, but he's the one that Trump does not like. Well, no, no, he Trump said, Trump says right? he loves him. Uh, yeah, Trump said that uh, he did. He wants no, no, no. Trump said Emmer Loves has been Trump. calling him and wants to be his best friend now. Yeah, take that for how does that way. sound? Sounds desperate. Uh, Representative, hi, this is Tom again. Uh, did you check the box? Will you be my BFF? <laughs> by the way, how does that sound? Uh, by the way, Trump's endorsement of Jim Jordan didn't help Jim Jordan. Yes. Right. So, like, I'm not. Which is why I'm saying I don't know that you necessarily want the endorsement right exactly. now. Exactly, right. uh, Representative Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. No, never heard of him. <laughs> Representative Jack Bergman. Bergman is a 40-year veteran of the U.S. Marines. He's also running for the speaker role. Uh, thank you for your service. He's from Michigan. No, thanks. Representative Austin Scott from Georgia. Georgia. Bury me in Georgia. Yeah. No, thanks. But Byron Donalds. That's my guy. 44-year-old from Florida. Yeah, the, 
the more I'm thinking about it, I know he ain't gonna get it either. That's what I'm saying. I know he won't because it's what I want. So who who's it gonna be then? I, it does, honestly, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't because what's gonna happen is you're gonna have the same old divide. The Byron Donald is by far the most conservative yeah. of that bunch, and he will run into the same buzzsaw that Jim Jordan ran into. But and really, and I I do think Byron Donald's qualified. A lot of I gave you some of the reasons yesterday. He's on the finance committee. He's got a a, a financial background, so I, I feel a little bit more at ease with him when it comes to the economy, things like that. But I, it's a small part of me, but I because I know how they'll react. I want to see the Democrats and the left lose their mind seeing an African American rise up in the yeah. Republican Party to become House Speaker. Yeah. They will flip their lid. Yeah, I agree, I, and I don't think it's going to be Emmer. Because they're already saying that the the former Trump the former president has told there are all these sources saying Trump does not want Emmer for the job that Emmer is openly hostile to Trump which is not helpful since Trump will be the nominee so that's that's the word on Emmer that there's all this like infighting and whispery whisper campaigns and all of that mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be Emmer I think I, I I agree more and more I just think Byron Donalds. So Trump doesn't like him because he's not nice to Trump, really. Pretty much. No, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, that's that he has a Trump problem. It's like I, grade I think, school. The I whole think, thing is like grade school. No, I don't like you because you're not nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually thought that Trump said, um, I thought that Trump had said that he liked Byron Donalds. He I, does, but I. But he I didn't endorse him. Right? There's not been the official. Which, he hasn't given anybody the Jim Jordan stuff. Which is good. Yes, which I said yes. Yeah. Uh, John Giacca on the YouTube chat says, can we appoint Dana White for the UFC for speaker? <laughs> White. I, I would love that. Uh, Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Yeah. No. Representative Pete Sessions from Texas. No. Representative Gary Palmer from Alabama. Roll Tide. No thanks. Um, I think that's it. That's eight. Wow. Boy, Did you what? get our Pennsylvania guy? Mike Kelly? No. No. Muser. Oh. Muser, right? He's not yeah. on the. This is this Who is. Am I thinking of? This is the CNN list, and he's not the, on the it. nine. He's not even on it. No. Nope. Wow, that's that's embarrassing, dude. What a bunch of what a bunch of no names aside from Byron Donalds. But you know what though? Like, let's be honest. It, it, you know, sometimes you can find the next you know of rising course. star amongst no namers. Sure. You know, you don't always have to go for the household stock name. I think I think Byron Donalds has actually kind of even though he's young and you can argue somewhat inexperienced at forty four. Um, he's kind of become the most recognizable figure. I yeah. mean, he's be, he's become a guy that has been very vocal. Um, you've seen him a lot in the last nine to twelve months. I, I think he's really shown a lot of leadership. I, I again, that's my choice, so I know it probably won't happen. But mm-hmm. Howard Levin on YouTube says uh, Emmer wants to get rid of the Electoral College. Is that R- right? Really? Wow. Well, Pennsylvania Congressman Dan Muser dropped out of his bid for Speaker about eight o'clock last night. Oh. Okay. So he did. He Same did. time the Phillies checked that. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Wait, was he was he one of the fans in the stands yeah, and he yeah, just walked yeah, out he early? Left yeah. Early. Yeah, uh, made his way back to his Mercedes. Uh, Ann writes, uh, Nick, stop picking your teeth on camera. I'm picking my teeth. You're yeah, picking I, your teeth? No, I was actually biting a nail off. Well, that's not good for your Some, enamel. Somebody asked me. Somebody <laughs> asked me one time, like. How does it feel to be live on camera? For I forget I'm on camera. I don't. I don't ever day. look at it, and I'm just like, it's it's awful because people literally pick out everything you're doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I know I'm a slob. <laughs> yeah, we're not learning anything <laughs> new about me. It's like, 
Yeah. So, no, honestly, God, I really forget the cameras are even in here. So we've come to the conclusion that none of these people are going to become the next speaker. <laughs> I well, mean, I said I, we said Byron. I'm Byron. Really, I'm rooting for Byron. I don't think it will be him, it, and I hate taking the favorite. But I mean, if I had to bet on it, and there was odds, I'd probably have to take Tom Emmer. Really? I mean, who else? I mean, to be honest, a few of them I've never even heard of. So I mean, I, I mean, could, mo- I be, dude, I follow this for a living. Most of them I haven't heard of. Yeah. I mean, I remember the guy for Alabama, the guy from Oklahoma. My uh, sister's husband says you don't want any part of him. Oh, um, my okay. sister's husband, a staunch conservative, says that's not the guy. Okay, then we don't want him. Yes. Scratch him yeah. off. He's from Oklahoma. If Aaron's husband says he's not good enough, yes. then that's the that's final word. That's correct. All right, 921. It's time for another edition of the Morning Mystery Movie Clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I gave him an impossible task. A job no one could have pulled off. The bodies he buried that day lay the foundation of what we are now. And then my son, a few days after his wife died, you steal his car and kill his dog. Father, I can make this right. Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210 and you could win this great prize. Four pack of tickets to the battleship New Jersey. If you can identify that movie clip that came out nine years ago today, call her 12 855 839 1210. Four pack of tickets to the battleship New Jersey. Kaylee Company, as we come back, we'll find our winner and also a very um, heartwarming story about a dog. A little lighter note to end today's show. Dawn will be able to comment on this. I think this dog might have been friends with Buddy. Oh. Yes, that's correct. Kale and Company, <laughs> back after this. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. I never caused you no pain. That's right. We never caused any pain. Just giving you the facts. Just the facts. Kale and Company, live here Tuesday morning. More of the uh, Rolling Stones. Angry, which I believe was the, quote, first single, so to speak, because this was picked up by a lot of um, different outlets, so to speak. Yeah, the the album just actually was released. Summer? July? Not this. Yeah, I think it was this past Friday. Yeah. Okay. So. I love this one. My name. All right, 839-1210. 80 years old. They're making some of their best music. That's it's, right. It's, it's incredible. And Britney's juggling knives. Some people's talents never disappear. Are they still in their prime, Don? <laughs> yes. Britney, by the way, has Uh-oh. her... She's, her she, her network... Her network worth $65 million. Mm-hmm. So you can buy tickets to her Vegas show okay. for 2024. And by the way, she had um, a hit, at least one hit single, just within the past year with Sir Elton John. Oh, he did. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah, yeah. So, I did not well, know that. 
Yeah. All right. She did. Okay. I'm just telling you. Dawn's back in Britney, baby. I'm back in Britney. All right. Uh, let's see uh, if we've got our winner for the morning mystery movie clip this morning. Should we've we, got. Should we bet on how she she goes? Does uh, she what? Does she OD? No. Does she? No, I'm just saying. Yeah, no. we can we can do a prop bet. <laughs> I'm in the hole. I'm trying to get out here. Did she take one of those knives that she's juggling? And am know, I getting plus money here to get out? They're of the not real. They were plastic knives. She's just a good little juggler. <laughs> good little juggler. Uh, the song with Elton John was "Hold Me Closer." Oh, didn't hear it. Britney Spears. Must have missed that one. Od in six months. <gasps> I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm not. I don't wish, think she. I'm, I'm not wishing she... for it. I don't want it to happen. I'm just raps, playing the odds. Wraps car around telephone pole in nine months. <laughs> okay. I hope she does. I okay. get plus four seventy on that one. <laughs> According to FanDuel. All right, so let's go to uh, Bill here. He's going to get the four-pack of tickets this morning for uh, the Morning Mystery Movie Clip. Bill, good morning. What movie clip did we just play for you, sir? Morning. Morning. That was John Wick. That is correct. October 14th, 2014. Congratulations, Bill. Four-pack of tickets to see the Battleship New Jersey. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show quite a bit. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. We try to enjoy it as well. All right. uh, Final story of the day before we get to the cut sheet. Sorry, uh, Sharon asked what the over-under is with the overdose. Look, I, we're not asking for, like, I don't want this to happen. I, I want everybody right. to be happy and healthy. Death pool I'm promoters. Just, I'm, just playing, I'm just playing the odds. Yeah. So I think the over-under is probably what? Six months? <sighs> She's wow. selling tickets. Sorry, sorry, She's Nick, doing well. I'm going to get her through election season. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're taking the, you're taking the over. Um, yeah, I'll I'm saying over. she's going to... So what does that mean? You're so you're taking me over. You're She'll see at least another nine to ten months. <laughs> Look, I'm in the prognostication business. All right, it's not a glamorous position, but somebody has to do it. Oh, Bubba forty five wants to know if Brittany or Hunter goes first. Oh, that's just not right. That's just not right. That's a good question, actually. Wow. All right, let's let's get the feel good story. Yeah, let's get to the feel good story. I can feel our feel our juju just wearing off. Me too. That's what happens when Novocaine wears off. So, oops, she did it what? again. Oh, no. oh, sorry. Oops, she did it again. Stop. <laughs> We're going to hell. Yeah. It's a sin. It's fun. So, um, speaking of leaving this world, the world's oldest dog has now officially passed away. Uh, this dog named Bobby, B-O-B-I, uh, was known to show up at the Stenzlins from time to time and play poker with oh. Bunny. And uh, he was a bicentennial man's best friend. Pet lovers, pet lovers were devastated to learn that Bobby, the world's oldest, oldest dog, passed away over the weekend just months after he turned 31 years old. That's staggering. Wow. The 31. average dog lives 10 to 13 years. Man. According to this story, Bobby made it until he was 31. The long-lived canine's death was confirmed on Facebook by Dr. Karen Becker, a veterinarian who met Bobby on several occasions. Uh, Bobby was vaxxed, by the way, for those asking. (laughs) Uh, She goes on to say, Last night, this sweet boy earned his wings, she wrote in the touching tribute. Despite outliving every dog in history... His 11,478 days on Earth would never be enough for those who loved him. Godspeed, Bobby. You've taught the world all you were meant to teach. Uh, this dog, which it kind of looks like, I'm looking at the story in the New York Post, it kind of looks like a kind of a spin-off a little bit of like a, um, a uh, golden retriever-ish type dog, kind of like that rusty red look. Uh, the dog was apparently a purebred Raffero do Alentejo, 
which passed away on October 21st at, at his home in Portugal, where the dog lived his entire life with the Costa family, C-O-S-T-A. That according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Hmm. The dog was born May 11th, 1992. Think about that. Go back to 1992. No, I, I mean, to. I mean, Bush was still president uh, at that point mm-hmm. when this dog was Such born. A lovely time. Um, an eye-popping 31 years and 165 days. Wow. Average lifespan of a dog ranges from 10 to 13 years. So in dog years, that dog was 210 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is unbelievable. You know, I think this dog, you know, let's be honest. The dog could have kept going, but he saw that we're on the verge of World War III. <laughs> he looked at inflation. Uh, he saw that Joe Biden was running the free world. And he said, you know what? Now's as good a time as ever. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So I had to look it up what they fed Bobby. Yeah. And I, because I always think, you know. They, they fed Bobby exclusively human food that was watered down, oh. and then they removed any seasonings. Oh, so so like he, chicken he, with yeah. green beans or something like that. He was eating better than I am. And so he ate very healthy, kept a healthy weight. Yeah. I also think it's important that Bobby had freedom. They never tied him up in his life. Wow. They never, because you should never tie up a dog. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. So the last couple of years, he was locked down. I mean, he spent his final, think about this, he spent... His 28th, 29th, and 30th year on Earth living through the pandemic. Sid Weiss will love this. He spent most of his time hanging out in the backyard, hanging out with cats. Yeah. He had, they had cats, too. So all he had I've, socialization. All I've ever really wanted to do is yeah. lift my leg from time to time, pop a squat, and, you know, eat watered-down food. Thank you for that classy description. <laughs> Pretty much what I do after the show. Stop. So there you go. See, oh. if, 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 if there's anything I took from that is that... Pussy cats can yeah keep you young keep yeah. keep you young. There you go. That's so right. Just if you're lonely, right, you want to be lonely. Let's yeah. get it back to Israel and Hamas, shall we? <laughs> this is too much. This is too enjoyable. Let's talk about death and destruction, shall we? Yeah, just a All little, right. uh, just a little help oh. from the pussy cat yeah. will uh, will make you live a long, healthy life. How old? Uh, how old is Buddy Don? Double digits now. He's 14 that we know of. So your dog has actually exceeded the lifespan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but we, so he is a healthy weight. We try to walk him every day, but he gets a lot of exercise. Mm -hmm. And we, we do, um, I've, I feed him better than probably anybody in the family. See, this is how you live long in this lifetime. You you eat healthy. I know. You get outside, you exercise, you stay the hell off TikTok and and you might end up exceeding the expectations of a lifespan. See? There you go. It's true. All right. 936. Tuesday morning. Let's find out what's on the cut sheet part due, shall we? What's on the cut sheet? I do. Former uh, Maryland governor Larry Hogan, who is also, the word is, is that he might be running for president as in that no labels party, I think. Yeah. Um, that's correct, right, Don? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he has, he has, uh, his aspirations of uh, unifying the country, as he says. Uh, he was on CNBC this morning discussing hate speech. I would like you guys to know, you, Nick Hale, and Don Stensland, you guys are on the same side as Larry Hogan. Okay. Because he thinks that uh, cheering for the terrorist acts on, on campus is hate speech. Okay. And it was threatening to other people. So if it's threatening to other people, then it's hate speech. Okay. They're discussing the... Um, you know, what's this this rise in anti-Semitism that is happening on college campuses? And uh, this is how that conversation went. And, you know, of course, we do have free speech and the students had the right to, to that speech, but they don't have the right uh, to have the, uh, the leaders of Harvard just condone and ignore those kinds of things. Uh, and it was hate speech. 
and it was threatening to other people on campus, and uh, it, it's why I you know, decided to take the stand that I did. And what, what would you, if you had been president of Harvard, what, what would have your, how would your response have been different than Claudine Gay's response? Well, I think there should have been an immediate and very strong and unequivocal response. And uh, obviously that did not happen. And uh, look, I was very much looking forward uh, to, to, to going to these fellowships. As, as a guy who worked his way through uh, school at a state university at Florida State, uh, it was a big honor to be invited to come speak, uh, to, to be a fellow at both the School of Public Health to talk about our our uh, nation-leading response on COVID, and to talk to Kennedy School, where I was, I was going to talk about how we, you know, lower uh, the temperature in politics and do away with some of the angry rhetoric and the toxic politics. Uh, but, but this, uh, you know, I, I wrestled with this decision. I didn't, I didn't take it lightly. But I thought it was important to take a stand and to try to make a difference and to try to uh, maybe persuade uh, the president of the university to. Uh, to take some further and stronger actions, and I'm not alone. I mean, this is there's been almost universal condemn, condemnation, and uh, members, uh, big big donors to the university, and people on the board, and some other faculty, and you know, students were feeling threatened. So I value free speech, and I despise cancel culture. That being said, there's three things I want to say. Number one, the free speech is interesting when we talk about these court cases going to the Supreme Court. Because we're talking about the government suppression of speech, not so much social media and what private companies, even though I'm against it, they still have the right to silence that. Number two, when we talk about free speech, yes, I think I can walk into a movie theater and say and shout fire doesn't mean I'm exonerated and protected from the repercussions or the punishments that come along with that. Just like I can't get on the radio and say, I'm going to kill you, because that would be deemed a threat, and then obviously action can happen by the authorities. But with this Israel and Jewish and Hamas in this pro-Palestinian conversation, here's what I don't understand. It would be deemed hate speech if I said death to gay people. It would be hate speech if I said... I want to kill black people. Why is death to Israel and death to the Jews not viewed as hate speech? I will, I, that I don't get. I will agree with you that there that it, if we're going down that road, then absolutely what they're saying and what they were protesting absolutely should be. Yeah. I'm just saying that all of it is nonsense. Well, I mean, and I think there's look, if you're pro Palestinian movement, that's OK. Like to, to me, there, there is still a difference in what people are debating. It's 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 the dangerous inflammatory rhetoric of, you know, the annihilation of an entire population that I think qualifies as hate speech. And that that's where I I do think there needs to be some sort of cap on what you say where it's consequence free consequence. Yeah. Yes. Consequence speech. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can't just say anything you want to. Right. And and there not be repercussions. Should what these kids do in college, what they're protesting, should that follow them for for life? No, no, no. But if a if a if a if a company looks at at what they're Mm -hmm. saying and says, hey, you know what? I don't don't really don't like the fact that you protested, you know, a pro Hamas thing or whatever, then then, yeah, all. All of that is fair game. Like that's consequence culture. Sure. What what I'm saying is is that you can't deem because like in his definition, people were threatened. But like, wh- who determines what's threatening? Well, and that's, again, and that's a good question because everybody claims they're under attack these days, right? Yes. We hear that way too much. 
again, I what what these college I'm not defending them. I trust me. I am not defending them at all. I'm not defending what they said. But like you can go down the rabbit hole of calling something threatening speech mm-hmm. to anything you say. Oh, of course. Especially in this generation. This generation you raise your voice to them, they feel threatened. I mean, us joking about a death pool to for <laughs> Britney Spears could be considered threatening. Yeah, you know go. what I mean? Like yep. even though we're not wishing it, right. we're just stating facts. It's in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, because this is a little different than a cancel culture situation, what he's saying is he was chosen to participate in a prestigious program, their their fellowship program, and to be a speaker. And so he's choosing, in his way, he's, denounce, he's denouncing some of what he feels is anti-Semitic. And mm-hmm. he's saying, you know what, I don't want to be part of your thing because you should have come out Okay, they they were protesting. They have a right to say whatever they want to say. But you, as Harvard, as an institution, he's saying you had a responsibility. You're supposed to be the adult in the room, mm-hmm. and you should have denounced some of the rhetoric or the chants, etc. It was anti-Semitic behavior. And let's also people were just yeah. murdered and slaughtered and raped. Right. Let's also point at the the hypocrisy of Harvard here. Harvard has been shown in these um, watchdog groups to have the least oh, free speech of any college. Unbelievable. So they don't allow you to say anything on that campus, yep. yet they're permitting this. That's the point. There's the hypocrisy yes. ding, of all ding, of ding, it. Ding, ding, and ding. and so it uh, so to me that's the that's the point that I think that the former Maryland governor's trying to make that that this is not just oh you have some rogue students just saying some stuff that deep down I know you denounce. Yeah. This is something that this is a cause and effect situation. This right. is something that you all at Harvard, you created this hot mess. That's correct. You have to own it. And by the way, Larry Hogan has as much chance of being president as Hulk Hogan does. <laughs> let's, let's clear that I up. I think Hulk Hogan has a yeah. much better chance than Larry Hogan, actually. Uh, I'm moving on to cut four here. Uh, Daniel, KJP uh, was asked yesterday in the, in the press briefing on if Biden is concerned about a potential rise of anti-Semitism. Um, in the country, and uh, what do you hear? Pivot, piggybacking off of what Larry Hogan was just talking about. Cut four here. His level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So, a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats, uh, and so. I just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. And that is something you heard the president speak to in his uh, in his address uh, just last last Thursday. And so uh, one of the things that the president has done is directed his team, uh, uh, Homeland Security team, to prioritize prevention uh, and disruption of any emerging threats that could harm the Jewish, the Muslim, uh, Arab Americans or, or any other communities. And that is something that the president has sought to do and and since day one, as you know, the president ran on on um, on you know bringing commu- protecting communities, obviously, but bringing people together, the soul uh, uh, protecting the soul of the nation. Uh, and so, uh, that is something that the president takes very very seriously. Uh, and um, 
We only we're going to continue to denounce any sort of hate uh, towards any American here, uh, and so that's what we're going to continue to be steadfast wow. on. Yeah. Again, he has he has uh, uh, advised, directed his Homeland Security uh, team to make sure that they're on top of this. Wow, the binder verbatim from the binder, head wow. down most of the time. There, a quick pivot from. Uh, the anti-Semitism question to the rise of Islamophobia, yep. Yep. which, by the way, Democrats are very diabolical, as dumb as she might be in public. They have an agenda. They have a plan. And here's my here's my theory. I think they know that they have the vote of many people of Jewish descent in this country. I think they're planning to try to win over the Arabic community. I agree in America. I agree with you. I, I, I think that could be at play here. Yep, it's always next level with these people. Jeremy Burke on the YouTube chat writes, this is like listening to a five-year-old tell you about their day at school. <laughs> I know. I can, I can attest to that every time I ask my son about his day at school. Yeah. I get a more cohesion answer mm-hmm. than uh, yeah. she just gave. You can ask Corrine Jean-Pierre what she had for lunch yesterday. She would look down at the binder for the answer. It's unbelievable. The pivot, though, is something is something <laughs> extraordinary. It's a tell. It, yep. it is, yep. No doubt about it. All right, coming up next, we will find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who won Twitter today and our Game 7 predictions. Yes! Does anybody actually have the temerity to go Uh-oh. against the home team? Uh-oh. Well, I guess you need to sit through this short commercial break. Yes. Stick right around now. and find out. Back after this, Kale and Company. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Tuesday morning... Here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Don't forget tomorrow, the great Tony Bruno will join us for his weekly appearance right around 825. Game 7 tonight for the Phils. We'll find out who won Twitter today. But right now, time to find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show. Just eight minutes out here on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, and we're eight minutes away from so many breaking, developing stories. We have uh, Trump going into the Manhattan court, but as well facing off with Michael Cohen, his, you know, past ally, now enemy. So that testimony, so we may catch uh, Trump going in. So we'll take that live if that happens. We have the House Speaker issue as they try to sort that out in the uh, with Republicans in the House of Representatives. And then, of course, moving forward through noon today, we we have the the funeral uh, going on for Philadelphia fallen. So all three of those um, developing stories, whether nationally, locally. And then, of course, we'll update you with this latest with with Iran reportedly actively facilitating at least some of these attacks on U.S. military bases. There's a lot of activity going on as we enter day 18 of the war uh, in Israel there. So we're, we're following those latest developments as well. 10.05, Todd Shepard, Broad and Liberty, his latest investigation. He's a great investigative reporter. You want to hear what he has to say. And then coming up at 11, we'll have Jennifer Stefano of the Philadelphia Inquirer. So we'll we'll talk about the Philadelphia. There's a lot going on locally, nationally, but we'll break down the, her latest Inquirer article Talking about Jewish um, donors and allies, letters to Penn exposing the what they call the moral rot in American higher education mm. and her reaction to that cartoon as well. Okay. Jam-packed. Very good. All right, Greg Stocker, 953. Let's find out who won Twitter today. Who won Twitter? The greater Chris uh, won Twitter, and he says, uh, here's where Nancy Pelosi switches parties and immediately gets 217 votes for speaker. Happy Halloween. Don't bother me with such frivolity, okay? Oh, my. That is the tweet of the week. Yeah, I agree. I, I love agree. the greater Chris. That's, That's really well. It's been a while since we've heard from Chris I know. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, Chris. Yeah. He, 
he once uh, commented that I never retweet anything that he does or um, respond to anything that he says. So, yeah, really? I just wanted to give him th- that's a great tweet. But I just yeah, I responded to something he said the yes. other day just because I don't, I don't really retweet anybody. No. No, you don't. You're not very into unless it's promoting, you know, something for right. The, like our clips that we, post. yeah, yeah. That's all I really. Yeah, you give Chris's a lot of love. The greater Chris, Chris Ippolito. You're 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 active in the Chris community on Twitter. I, I am very active in the Chris community. Thank you, thank yeah. you for that, Nick. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, his wife and daughter went to see Taylor Swift movie eras, just like you, Nick. Oh, they did. Ah, it's good parenting. So, yeah, sometimes yeah. you got to set your personal interests aside for the betterment <laughs> of the kiddos. All right, uh, let's make some predictions. Uh-oh. Game seven tonight, Dawn, Phillies. Dawn first up. time in franchise history. <laughs> Dawn up 80 bucks. Dawn's up 80 bucks. Woo, which is all for Travis Mannion. Nick goes 60, Greg goes 20. I'm gonna, can I finance that over 48 <laughs> months? <laughs> no, it's all eventually going to go to families uh, you know, back in the badge and also Travis Mannion. Okay, very good. Right. Um, I guess I'll lead off. I'm going to take the Phillies. I, I just can't imagine they lose two games in a row at home. The uh, just so you know the uh, the over under, and I'm going with the uh, Fanduel spread here is eight, eight and a half. half. Yeah, I've got the under. I'm going to go Phillies four. Okay, Diamondbacks two. I think Ranger Suarez can get us at least four good innings tonight. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on a pitch count. Uh, it'll be a bullpen game after that. Mm. And uh, as soon as it goes wrong, everyone will go on Twitter and say Rob Thompson's an idiot. Uh, but I think the Phillies get it done, and extra grease on the poles is the way to go tonight. Yeah, baby. Um, I'll go next, I guess. Um, I'm going to take the over at the 8.5. I'm going to go the Phillies 6 and the Diamondbacks 4. Okay. So they'll score Ten runs combined. And Dawn, you're going to take Arizona again? <laughs> no. No? And I never took Arizona. Mm. I just said, because today would have been my mom's birthday, October 24th. I had a weird feeling about yesterday. And so I just predicted that we would clinch it today. So history, game seven, we clinch it. And I don't even think it's going to be close. I think we're going to get in there. The fans are going to go crazy. Wow. And it's going to be a blowout. Whoa. That's what I think. Okay. Blowout. Uh, can you predict a score? Please, since we're betting on this. And say it the wrong way. Say, like, two to nine. <laughs> Can you predict Dawn, this, sir, you better keep your mouth closed. I think I, I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? That it's we win nine to three. Nine, nine three. to three. Okay, there we I'd go. I like that. Nine, nine three. three. Okay, I will Dawn. gladly take that. Uh, Sh- uh, Shafe on the YouTube chat uh, says, uh, Dawn, uh, wait, hang on. I just lost it. Oh, sugar. Uh, Dawn put the whammy on the Phillies with yesterday's pick. Oh, no. It was your fault. I did. I had this weird mm-hmm. vibe all day. Yeah. You did. All right. We'll see how it plays out tonight. So, one more time, uh, 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 Nick, six to two. Is that what you said? Uh, no, four, no. Uh, four, three. Four, three. I'm four, three. sorry. Four, yeah. three. Four, three. I said nine, three. Greg, six, six to four. Yep. And Dawn, nine to three. That is yep. correct. Okay. All right. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up in just a few minutes. We'll be back tomorrow morning at six. And as our fearless leader would say. All right. God save the queen, man. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, six till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.